Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Bisking, and this is the STL Leaders Podcast. Did you know that there are 2.8 million people that live in the St. Louis metro area? There are many business leaders inside of that population. I started this podcast to give those leaders a voice. I was raised by one of those leaders. My father is a small business owner in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I grew up watching him run his business and meeting many small business owners just like him. I knew as a kid that the impact that these leaders have in our community is instrumental. I have developed a great passion for learning from these leaders. The STL Leaders Podcast mission is to speak to these leaders and gain some insight into their vision for success and how they view leadership. Each episode is a view into their mindset, theory, and strategy of successful leadership. This podcast is brought to you by Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, and Inbound Blend Digital Marketing. On this episode of STL Leaders, I have Kurt Hunsinger. Kurt is the former president of the XFL team, St. Louis Battlehawks. Kurt led all fan engagement and team business operations for the St. Louis's first homegrown professional football franchise, including talent acquisition, ticket sales, corporate partnership, marketing, content creation, communication, community initiatives, social media channels, and the game day venue experience. Kurt also established the overall business strategy for the startup XFL team from building the brand foundation, core values, vision, and purpose to developing the initial marketing plan, authentically engaging would-be consumers directly and embracing the St. Louis community's orphaned love for pro football. It's my honor to welcome Kurt to the show. Kurt, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate this. Brian, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I uh, was just telling you a little bit ago that I was a huge fan of the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, I thought it was so cool that we got, you know, a franchise here in St. Louis. And what I thought was even cooler was how our city rallied around the team. Um, I thought it was amazing to see that dome filled up with fans again. It brought me back to 2000 when the Rams were, you know, won the Super Bowl. And then, you know, we got to a point where you guys were getting ready to open the second bowl up top. Um, mm-hmm. And then, boom you know, things just changed. And so, right. uh, you know, I will say I'm super excited that Dwayne Johnson, the rock has bought the, uh, the XFL. I'm hopeful that we, you know, we can get a team back here or, or, or keep the battle Hawks going. Um, and maybe we'll get into that here in a little bit, but again, thank you so much for being a part of the show. No, thank you so much. And, you know, when we were talking before you said the perfect word now is optimism, um, about how St. Louis just embraced this team. And, we went out into the community and <laughs> there was 22 of us and the 22nd person started actually the week of our first game. So for a very long time, there was just a handful of us, but uh, no matter who was out in the community, we were always conveying a very positive personality because, you know, I, I've worked in a variety of different places. I've had different mentors and leaders and, and, and experience the good that you learn from, and you've also experienced the bad that you're like, I'm never doing that. And one of the very first things I said when I interviewed for for the job, when I was speaking with Jeffrey Pollack and Oliver Luck was, hey, we gotta be extraordinarily like over the top positive because what what you will find, XFL St. Louis will find in St. Louis is um, broken hearts. And, you know, recent history was still very fresh. Absolutely. And we were, we, we were never going to come in and use, 
I never said Rams. We never said anything about the ownership group. It was always about the president, future, present and future. And by immediately starting on that, we avoided having to, you know, scratch the scab and the and the bleeding starts again. You know, we we ran into a number of fans who said, "Yeah, this is great. Good luck. I can't do it. I can't have my heart broken again." And you know, the way that we try to rally them to the cause, so to speak, is when was the last time a professional football team was born here? And don't you want to be part of the storytelling? Like this is your this is your team. We're just the stewards. We're just the executioners. We had a vision and, and we had a plan, but we we verified that with the St. Louis community by going out into the community literally every day since the name Battlehawks was born. Um, and that was by far and away the best part. Yeah. Never, never, ever could I have imagined that crowd the first game and the the dream of dreams is what could have been for game three versus Los Angeles, which would have been, you know, 50,000 plus. I know. I, I agree. I would as I, when I, when the first game was, was aired you know on TV and I, I was unfortunately out of town, was not able to make that game. And I saw the crowd and I saw the enthusiasm. I was, I mean, I was a believer before I saw that, but that really was like this town. And we talked about this a little bit ago. It's a sports mm-hmm. town. And, and re- regardless of what team it is that we have here, whether it's, you know, the new St. Louis soccer team or whether it's the blues or the Cardinals, we rally as a community and we support our own. And um, it's mm-hmm. one of the many reasons I love St. Louis. It's one of the many reasons, you know, I love opening day here in St. Louis for Cardinal baseball. We become a, a one town, a one St. Louis city uh, spread out through, you know, St. Charles County and St. Louis County. We become one United city. And I, the enthusiasm that we had for the battle Hawks was, was unbelievable. And so, you know, I want to ask you, you know, just t- talk to me a little bit about how you, you know, you talked, you went into the community, but how did you gain so much enthusiasm and build on that every single week? Excellent question. And quite candidly is because we were out. Um, we were out in community every single day from August 21st, when Battlehawks name and logo was born to March 12th, when the season suspended because of COVID. Uh, outside of Christmas Day and New Year's Day, we, were, we had at least one event out in St. Louis. And you brought up a really good point about it's not just St. Louis, the the city center. What we called it, we called we had a our strategy was the four quadrants. And going east to west, we had Metro East and Illinois. We had St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and then the surrounding Missouri County, St. Charles, Jefferson, Franklin, and others. And every time we went out, I mean it was almost an equal distribution of events in each of the four quadrants. Uh, On Friday nights in the fall, when there's just four of us, we would literally, we, we would draw straws, say who's going to go where, but all of us touched one of the four quadrants. I mean, I was at East St. Louis High School one week and I was at Troy Buchanan in Lincoln County the next. And we just had to canvas the entire area because it was a very grassroots organization. It was a very grassroots business plan because we wanted to not just say all the nice things of being St. Louis born and raised, but we wanted to earn it. Uh, we wanted to go out and we wanted to listen. And, right. and, and the calendar forced us to some extent. I started on July 1st. Our first game was uh, February 9th, seven months and a week. Had to build entire staff, had to build a brand. 
And I've told anybody who would listen to me, like, there's no way anybody can do this without the communities. And all 18 presidents were in lockstep and we all went out into our communities said, hey, co-author this story with us. And I, and that was a very different way of building a team. It's not, you know, the boardroom, here's who we are. We went out into St. Louis like, hey, <clears throat> here's the personality that people were hiring. And we think this is St. Louis's personality. It ended up being everybody who worked at the Battle Hawks was from St. Louis. And that was not a requirement. It just happened to be that way. And there were seven of us who moved back to St. Louis to help build a professional sports team in our hometown. But it was it was such a, an amazing experience. And, and you were talking about that first game, and I immediately got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always – this is the first time I've ever worked at a team, let alone run one. Yeah. And so you're, 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 you're paranoid of, I hope people show up. Uh, and it was seven o'clock on game day and, and I was coming in off of 70 and we got off at Broadway and you could see the tailgating and you could hear and you could see it. And I, it, that was the goose start of the goosebumps and it probably didn't subside until well into the start of the next week. So talk to me about the brand. Um, how did you guys come up with the logo, the name, the colors, the, the caca, you know, or how did you guys, how did you t- come up with that brand? And then, I mean, you got a city to, ra- I mean, you walk into a Dick's Sporting Goods here in this town and there was Battle Hogs gear everywhere. How did you rally the, the, the team of the city around the brand that you guys develop, developed? Well, because of trademark law, the branding takes an extraordinarily long time. So all of that was baked before I even started. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, and Vince McMahon was very, the names were so, he did not want them to leak because that is, you know, it's a mass, massive part of yeah. uh, unveiling. Um, so some of the team presidents, myself included, we didn't know until a week before unveiling. Oh. So uh, <clears throat> I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm cool. Uh, we, we can move forward. And, and before Clear to Engage became the, you know, the official slogan for the team, we were building off of St. Louis Boring Raised. Um, it started with the press release that announced that I was the team president. And I go, we are running with this. And, and even when Clear to Engage became the official tagline, and I'll, I'll, I'll separate official and unofficial here in a second. Um, St. Louis born and raised connected better. You know, we talked to fans like, yeah, you know, clear and engage. I get it. But, you know, St. Louis born and raised, that, that's me. And then the unofficial tagline that you said, Kakaw, we never said once. That was 100% organic. Wow. It came from the fans. And, you know, I was nervous when I found, when I heard the team, team name, and before I saw a logo, like Battlehawks. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a kid from St. Louis and went to Mizzou. First, you know, first two things they think of are Blackhawks and Jayhawks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, the, the, the level of difficulty on this uh, increased maybe a little bit. But then I saw the logo. Yeah. And then I heard the storytelling behind the logo. And then the, the, the Easter egg STL that was found out like within an hour of the unveiling. And then, we, then I saw the helmet. And... While I am one bazillion percent biased, there is that is a an amazing football helmet. Whether it's any level of pro, collegiate, arena, whatever, it it was so it just jumped out at me. And the colors were perfect for us. It, yeah, the 
the Blues told a really good story, or the Blue told a really good story that connected with the Cardinals and the Blues. Uh, then obviously what the Rivers mean to the St. Louis area kind of helped. It, it fit very nicely into the four quadrant story. But I, I tell you, when the name Battlehawks, <clears throat> once I got past the Blackhawks, Jayhawks, <laughs> and it was really, it was really quick. I realized that no one, there, there wasn't even like uh, a high school team called the Battlehawks. It was such a unique name. And coming from minor league baseball, when you have such a unique name, the canvas is blank. Yeah. So while I think the initial conceit was it's very much aviation themed, which for St. Louis makes all the sense in the world, yep. the fans were like, uh, that's fine, but we're gonna make it a bird. And I was and I didn't want to force it either way because you know, we already had a you know, the the the, the bird of a sports teams in St. Louis with the Cardinals. So I was, I was myself leaning towards the aviation thing, but I took, and we all took our cues from the community. And so it literally was 50% of the fan base on social media was, yep, it's a pilot. It's a, that's an awesome plane. Uh, and the other 50% were like, absolutely not. It's a ferocious bird. And I'm like, you guys are both right. Let's run with this. And, and, and the secondary logo kind of spoke to more of the, and we had a third logo that we didn't release that, you know, you're, we were we were listening to both sides and creating an identity that was still very consistent. Still, uh, you, you knew it was the the Battle Hawks, but then you got a little bit of a wink, wink nudge on the aviation and a wink, wink nudge on the uh, on the bird. Yeah, well, I think you know to, to your point when that when the logo first came out or when the name first came out, I thought, well, that's interesting. But then I saw the logo, I saw the colors, mm-hmm. um, and I I thought it was cool. And, and to your point, when you look at the te- the other teams that were in the XFL at the time, um, I would put our logo and our name and our colors up against any of them. Some of them I didn't like at all, um, and I thought ours was fantastic. So um, kudos to you guys for getting the brand, the name sure. out there for that. So Kurt, let me ask you this. Well, and what I really liked, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what I was just going to say, what, no, go ahead. T- tell me what you really liked. No, what, I, what I liked was the eight, the eight different identities. When you saw them on the field, they were all very different from each other. Like you, we were blue and silver. You had LA was black and orange. Tampa Bay had their extraordinarily highlighter colors, but like it, we had our own identities. And I thought that that was an excellent decision in really separating the eight different franchises. No, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with that. Tell me how how when when COVID, you know, the COVID pandemic hit, um, you said March 12th and this, this season was suspended. Talk, talk to me about how that how that transpired and how you continue to lead the team until, you know, eventually, you know, Vince McMahon bankrupt, you know, filed for bankruptcy. Yes, it was uh, Thursday. We were preparing to play Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Um, we had just come back from a, a tough loss week five in DC, but we were also nine days away from the LA game. And at the time that the season suspended, we were at 36,000 plus tickets for, for that game. And the way that we were, I think it was about 6,500 to 7,000 tickets per day. We, we easily would have eclipsed 50 to maybe even get to 55. And then with the wiring and the cameras, we couldn't have gone all the way around the bowl. So there would have been a finite end um, for a for a full, full sellout. And it just didn't seem, it seemed like everything, you know, we were reading the news and I was already in Tampa preparing for, for the game. 
when everything shut down, when the Rudy Gobert game uh, on Wednesday night happened. And then Thursday, it became phone call, phone call, Zoom, Zoom, phone, phone, Zoom, Zoom. And we were using Zoom all, all throughout the year of like, okay, do we go now? Do we still play this week without fans? How do we want to do this? And then ultimately on Thursday night late, um, we made a decision that we would suspend the season. And very clearly, Jeffrey Pollack, um, who's the president and COO and ran all the business side of it, Oliver ran all the football side. He goes, start planning for 2021. Uh, you know, the five weeks were incredible. And we, we got, no one saw a pandemic coming. So let's let's take everything that we want what we wanted to do. Now it will have not just a regular off season, off season, but an extended off season, and let's get going on planning for 2021. Because all of us had a very, and we had to build a staff. I mean, we didn't. None of us had a really true off season. So I, I would say we were at maybe 20 percent of our total like marketing and business capacity. I mean, it was just, let's get the season started, make sure there's players in the field, make sure the beer's cold and the hot dogs are warm. <laughs> and so we had a lot, I mean, massive ideas that we had to table until until the second season. And, and we got them all out. We started mapping out the calendar year. We were, uh, we were about to un, uh, unveil another um, founding partner that would have created a year-long campaign. And it, and that's a big thing for us is we were never about the five home games. It was always about building a 365 day brand. And I was already working with the youth football organizations in the St. Louis Metro area, both track, tackle and flag. A bunch of teams are going to be called the junior battle Hawks. We were talking with Luffy's athletic about camps and a host of other activities. I mean, it was, we were going to be just as busy in the summer as we were during the season. And then, I mean, I, I built the recap. 100 plus PowerPoint slides uh, about the five week season, but everything leading up to that point. And then really the, the back third of that was the revised business plan to get ready for the second season. And then we all got the call on the April 10th that it was all over. So tell me, tell me where does it go from here? I mean, and maybe you can't give me any insight into that. And if that, if not, that's completely fine. Uh, where, where do you see it? Where do you see it going from here? Do you, do you see St. Louis, you know, being able to revive the team? I don't see how you can't take St. Louis on you being Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson and Redbird Capital um, just because of the way the community, the fan base, the corporate partners, the civic leaders all embrace this team. I mean, it's, I was told during the interview process, you really can't, come in second because you're the you're the one market that doesn't have an NFL team so you should be able to make a big impact immediately and I'd like to think that we did absolutely you did um, and, and then a big selling point for us going into season before we even knew a player was I could guarantee 72 and sunny every day and, and so the dome playing games in the dome in February March and April that was a massive massive benefit for us um and, and working with our great friends at the dome and the to mention of visitors i mean they were awesome and we had so many cool plans uh, a lot of things that we learned in the two games that we had we were going to address in game three we were going to uh install new technologies for 2021 
And all these plans are written. All these plans are part of the asset bundle that the new ownership team purchased. So I would I would hope that they would want to put in the battle, bring the battle hawks back, play at the dome, and start and continue to build upon that foundation that we created with the St. Louis community in those phenomenal nine and a half months that I enjoyed working at the Battle Hawks. Do you have any interest in being a part of it again if, if the opportunity presents itself? Oh, absolutely. I've always said that. Um, the great thing, if you do your research on Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson, they don't invest in in, in businesses they, they that aren't successful. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they have such a content centric kind of business philosophy and, and, and having seven bucks productions at the core, they immediately, when I heard their name come up and no one really knew. So when they were announced, it was, it was a surprise, but then a lot of us were like, this is awesome. Right. Um, just because A, they... They, they always pick winners and, and B, what they bring to the table is a lot of what we wanted. And that was that insider access for fans, uh, the, the promotion of the players and the coaches, uh, the giving back to the communities. You know, a lot of the things that, you know, Mitch McMahon, Oliver Locke, Jeffrey Pollock really instilled in us to start building the foundation. We weren't going to get to everything in year one. Sure. They have that, they have that same commitment. It seems like and it, they, they, it's proven in, in what they've done in their past. And while no one's talked to me yet at all uh, about the new ownership group or plans moving forward to continue to build what we were building. Yes, absolutely. It was the most fun I've ever had professionally. And to feel that warm embrace that St. Louis had uh, that, that gave us back because we went out and embraced them. That was, regardless of what happens, regardless if I get invited to come back or not, no one's going to take that away for me. And that's just one of the more priceless memories of my life. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you from a fan, I, I'm praying that we get the team back. And, and I would, you know, as an, again, a fan, I'd love for you to be a part of it. I, I saw what you did there at the organization from afar. Obviously, I, I had no involvement in it whatsoever. But as a fan, I you know, I saw... What the, what the city and what the county did uh, to rally around the team. And I got I to gotta imagine a big part of that was you as being the leader of the team, which brings me to, you know, really what I talk a lot about on the show is leadership. And so mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you led and how you rallied your employees, right? How you led those employees at, in the beginning of, of the team and then through what was obviously a crisis when the season got suspended um, and then obviously went bankrupt. What was your message to them and how did you lead and motivate the team, uh, the, uh, the employees? So that's an excellent question. And leadership it has really been instilled in me at a very young age by my father. Um, he works in, in government and he has this mantra of, he calls it the ACE philosophy, uh, ACE standing for accountability, civility, and ethics. And that has always been in me, even when I wasn't managing anything. Uh, I always had that drive of being accountable, regardless if I was an, you know, an account coordinator or as team president in the Battle Hawks. And so when I interviewed, um, I wanted a very diverse uh, team 
uh, of not just diversity as in um, gender, race, all that, but I wanted people who had different perspectives, different viewpoints. I didn't want everybody who worked in sports. And I kind of had my wish list and, and gave it to XFL's amazing talent acquisition team. Like, hey, if, if we can find this, oh, we're off and running. And, and they did. And they recruited expertly. Um, you know, I, I would say when you got down to the final handful of final candidates, you literally couldn't have gone wrong. There's a lot of amazing people who wanted to be a part of this story uh, and, 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 and bring their perspective to the story. And, and so when you when we got to the to the to you know the late stages of the interview interview process, I would go over the business plan, and I'm like, hey, this is we are all about the strategic hustle. We are all about community, about giving back. Uh, we're very positive. We're, we're inventive. We're bold. If this is the kind of work environment for you, then this is going to be a, a a magical fit. And then when people on their first day, on each person's first day, we started playing a game called Five Adjectives where to, because we had such a truncated timeline, it was like, okay, we have to get to know each other pretty quickly. <laughs> um, what, are the, what are the five best adjectives that, that best describe you that you would want us to know? And no one had any idea that this was coming. And it was on the very first day, the, the first staff meeting of their first day. And the first two are always the easiest. They come out. This, the next three are kind of a struggle. They're, they're thinking too much about it, but the first two is the ones that we really keyed in on. And all 22 people, I took those first two answers and we started finding the like uh, personality traits. And that became, I said, okay, this is the Battlehawks per brand personality. The people in this room personified the, what this team is. We were inclusive, we were approachable, we were uh, inventive, we were bold, and we were positive. Those five came up over and over and over again. So I created this brand pyramid of, you know, St. Louis born and raised as our, as our true brand, but then what we stand for, the XFL, and then each market had the ability to create their subset of, of values and their mission. Based off is still under the XFL umbrella, but you know, we had our local market customizations to it. And, Everybody had this at their desk. So when someone called and you're talking about corporate partnerships or tickets or working with the mayor's office, that was our personality. And that helps build a consistent story. And then we started telling that story to St. Louis and we're like, hey, totally approachable. Let's have a happy hour every week. Uh, and oh, let's select you want to be a part of these happy hours. Awesome. Let's go to Friday night football games. We're approachable. You can talk to us. We're very positive. We're not talking about what happened to the last team. We're all about the here and now and the future. And and it made for a really, really fun environment. Um, you know, we had a lot of different offices going from working at a, a friend of mine, his, his warehouse, uh, before we negotiated the lease at Luffy's Athletic Training Center. And then for almost a month, we were remote. But since we were always connected, doors were always open. Um, we were always on the go. So on Mondays, we had a staff meeting and I said, if we're all in the office the at the same time, the rest of this week, we're doing something terribly wrong. And we never were. Someone was always out at a community event. We were going out to elementary schools. We were going out. I mean, we were everywhere. And that kind of cushioned the blows to some extent of when we all had to be remote. 
since it was very rare that we were all together in the same room anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, Mondays, we, we, we did Monday happy hours um, just to get kind of people like, hey, we're all in this together. And it, we never talked about work. It was always movie quotes. And, and <laughs> man, we we spoke in movie quotes all yeah. over. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel Rendon, Rendon, our head of partnerships, could do an impression of anybody. And he was just pure gold in that regards. And it was a couple hours on Monday nights of just kind of decompressing of like, man, you know, and especially the Monday after what would have been the LA game, we're like, a lot of us had dreams sure. uh, that weekend about what that game was like. I'm like, Kate, hey, don't be upset that we never got it. Be thankful that we got the two games and then let's just prepare for next year. And then on the 10th, when we all were terminated simultaneously, that was the hardest part because then I couldn't console anybody yeah. directly. And it, and it turned into the shock while the tea leaves were there, at least for, I think, the, the team presidents. Um, the shock didn't really settle in until Sunday because all day Friday, I called each person, each of the, tw the, other, 20, the other 21 individually. I'm like, okay, it happened. Uh, sucks. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Uh, I'm going to finish this recap. It was not done at that point, even though we weren't being paid anymore. I'm like, I'm getting this done. And I want you to go out and use this recap to get land that next job because each, each of the 22 people, regardless, regardless of when they started, they built this brand. It was not Kurt. It was 22. Right. Um, and, and they did it a phenomenal job. And and the last page of a 103-page document is the signatures of all 22 people. We were all co-authors. Uh, you know, we were the stewards of the story that St. Louis wrote. And it was uh, an amazing family. That's the thing that's, I think, no matter what, it would be hard to, because some people have already landed full-time jobs. That, that 22 is, and I have a, a poster in my office that I had all the staff sign. It's, it's my favorite keepsake um not no, no player signed on it it's the 22 employees of, of the battle hawks and that's the that's the thing that i'm going to take you know no matter what happens in life um and that was just such an awesome experience building it with them um and we still keep in touch we still send terrible jokes to each other through text and facebook messenger and we we celebrate when people land um not a whole lot but you know some people have landed full-time jobs and and we make a big to-do and we have a happy hour for it. So it's, it's well, a, I think it's cool that you've kept the culture and you, and you've kept the, you've kept in touch with those people. And, you know, um, I think it's, it's, it's a testament to your leadership is really what it is. And so I think that's, I think that's awesome. But I always end this podcast with the exact same question. I always ask my, my guests on the show is if you could give the people listening to this show or this episode, one piece of advice that maybe you learned as the president of the XFL team, what piece of advice would that be for our guest? It's one that I've always said, uh, you can never, ever, 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 ever take yourself seriously. <laughs> uh, we had fun and we were very open-minded and nothing was ever writ, uh, written in Sharpie. Um, you know, I had this business plan, I had this vision for this team when I was hired. And I conveyed that during the interview process and evidently you know, Mr. Pollock and Mr. Luck thought that was pretty good. But then we changed it because I'm. It, it, it wasn't an, 
you know, a monarchy. So when people came in, I'm like, hey, here's the business plan. When they interviewed for the job, I would say, here's, here's where I think we're going to go. And then on their first day, I'm like, do you agree? And I'm like, and be candid. I mean, this is, we're, we're all in this together. And like, okay. And there were some things, I mean, I, I top of my head, I, I don't know of exact detail, de- uh, details, but there were a handful of things that I was like, oh, we're totally going to do this. And as people started, like, mm, I don't, I don't know. Um, actually, one of them comes to mind is uh, a radio partner. We were traditionally every pro football team has a radio partner, but there's really nothing traditional about the XFL. And we were always talking about how the games were they were meant to be watched. And in February and March and April, there aren't a whole lot of people in their garages working on their cars listening to football. Right. Uh, it's just too cold. So the dynamics is a lot different. And while we talked to a lot of great partners, having a play-by-play partner didn't make a whole lot of sense. There's, a, there's quite a bit of an expense to it. And instead of spending that money on something that I wasn't entirely sure, well, actually the staff wasn't entirely sure was going to make the most sense. As we started thinking about it, I'm like, you know what, you guys are right. Let's take that money and let's diversify it across all the different radio partners. So we had partnerships with X, We had partnerships with 101 ESPN and the Hubbard Group. We had partnerships with um, every genre of music in St. Louis because we wanted to be inclusive. That was part of our personality. We did work with them. Uh, country, uh, urban, R&B, blues, rock, pop, like everything. We Like, hey, that is a potential consumer uh, of the Battle Hawks. And they're from St. Louis. And we want to hear them. And we want to reach out to them. And I think that having that inclusive uh, media plan really, really helped amplify the buzz because everybody was hearing it from a lot of different sources instead of just maybe a single source from your official radio partner. And that was a brilliant change to the business plan by the staff, by the team. And 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 that's just part of the hey, let's we can erase and 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 rebuild and you know some some other ideas that were just we knew were going to be we or we thought were going to be awesome cratered. And then some things we didn't even think about became opportunities. And and, and we didn't acted upon some of them during our two games. And we were making changes for three, four, and five. And we're like, hey, we need more time to do this. 2021 is going to be awesome. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was to kind of wrap that up. It, it, to have fun, you can't take yourself too seriously. And, and do not be – do not – you cannot be afraid of change. Uh, even with the pivot of COVID and losing the season and – we knew next season was going to be a lot different. We were, hey, we were changing. We're like, okay, we we did this this year. This is how we can maybe do it next year. And and we were constantly trying to improve. And that's something that you can always do regardless of what industry you're in. No, I think that's great advice. Um, I think you always got to be adaptable um, and you always got to have mm-hmm. fun on what you're doing. And I think that's, you know, what you summed up was kind of what you said there. So, Kurt, on behalf of STL Leaders, um, I think you're a great leader that we have in our community. I appreciate you taking the time today to come on the show and, you know, uh, talk to me about not only leadership and your vision, but also your experience as the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks president. On behalf of our show, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Hope you and the family are uh, safe and healthy. And uh, congratulations on the uh, impending arrival 
uh, and, and best wishes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of STL Leaders. I am your host, Brian Bisking, and from all of us here at STL Leaders, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. Please feel free to contact the show with any questions or comments. We can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.